going on what's going on episode seven how we doing connected by scenes podcast once again seth smith here alongside danny espinoza and garrett smith hope everyone had a safe and happy fourth of july i know i had a good time enjoying the sun out in palm springs got on the links for the yeah how'd first that go time. my goodness 29 years old i've never played eight never played 18 holes in my life i played 36 back-to-back days yeah. Um, wow. Opposite-handed, played right-handed. So all in all, I think it was. Uh, I think it went. I I went. I, I think it went all right. Uh, the people I went with. Over under um, one thirty. Survived thirty four. Over under what? Sorry. Over under one thirty. What was your score? Oh, over for sure. Yeah. Uh, dude, I you know you I figured to, out the front nice nine. Balls. He went through your nice balls and then he went into freaking the range balls. <laughs> yeah, it, work hard, work hard through the front nine, and, and then just chill on the back nine. That was uh, that was the strategy, but um, it was fun, man. I I definitely I told the people I was with I would I would definitely start going to the range, and I heard I might get that itch. I just I think I need to buy a cheap set of shitty lefty clubs, and it'll happen. And see, uh, and yeah, see, like yeah. Um, but it was fun. I think right-handed kind of, I think if I was doing it lefty and it, once I started to struggle, I would have really lost it. Uh, so being right-handed kind of in a way, I think helped me. I don't know. Not take it too um, serious. But yeah, exactly. Uh, just kind of grip it and rip it was, uh, was the strategy, but I mean, good time. That's for what sure. I what do you, right-handed. So. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what did you guys do? Lit off fireworks. Yeah, yeah, holy cow, I saw that. Massive little... Dude, we have a couple going. neighbors that let it eat. I mean, they let it eat. I mean, well above the trees. I'm like, ooh, it's like Disneyland in the backyard right now. It was great. <laughs> well, I'm sure the kids loved it too, huh? Oh, yeah, they had a good time. It was a lot of fun. We live on a good street, so it was, it was a good time. Danny was one of those people freaking out my dogs. One of my dogs does not do well, <laughs> so we had to barricade her. And she actually did great, but Fourth uh, of July was super simple and easy this year. I kind of liked it. It was a yeah. little change of pace. It was good. Yeah. Good. Well, we're excited to be back. Uh, as mentioned, episode seven, another good one that we have on tap. Get to talk to ex big leaguer Pedro Alvarez, uh, former second overall pick. Had a tremendous college career. Did well. Uh, in the major leagues, led the National League in home runs one year. Just an overall really good guy. I know Danny, um, really close with Pedro, and, and this is another one, guys, I'm excited for. Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. Great guy. Um, what, number two pick overall in the 2008 draft. We got to put on the uh, Olympic team together mm-hmm. and um, went to Vandy. Very well-educated, very well-spoken, great guy, family man. Um, born in the in the Dominican, moved here, family, you know, live in New York stuff. I mean, just a great guy, and I'm so excited to to interview him. Yeah, I met when you first brought him up. I was stoked because a had him on my fantasy team a couple years. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh, 
And B, he's he's the first internet, international born guest that we're having, and it, I'm you know to hear a story coming through that that yeah. route. Um, and yeah, no, I'm excited to to talk to him and hear stories, and and you know just a good interview, just yeah, like and, everybody else. And also for all the sneakerheads out there, I know it's a thing. I mean, it's not my thing. I've never gotten into shoes like that. But Paige was a sneakerhead, so I think uh, he'll be able to talk about a couple of cool things. But for the people that are sneakerheads listening, let's see what he's got to show you. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, damn, add that on top of his resume already. This is uh, this should be a good show. Um, so I'm super excited. Shoot, let's, uh, let's stop wasting time and go ahead and get to the interview with Pedro Alvarez. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Welcome into today's episode of Connected by Scenes Podcast, Episode 7. Seth Smith along Garrett Smith and Danny Espinoza. Today, we are joined by former MLB All-Star, 2013 National League Home Run Champ, a gold medalist while playing for Team USA, and a guy whose name has been mentioned on this show. Now we get a chance to talk to him, Pedro Alvarez. Pedro, welcome, man. How you doing? Uh, no, thank you guys for having me, man. It's an honor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that, but, but we appreciate it. <laughs> well, I definitely feel appreciated. So yeah, sweet. No, we we're we're excited, man. Pedro, born in, in Santo Domingo of Dominican Republic, uh, raised in in New York City, though. As as Garrett kind of touched on, this is exciting for us. First international kind of star and guest that we've had on here, so um, we're excited about that. Cool, cool. Yeah, let's let's get it rocking. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's it's cool just to have you on here, so so people can see what the transition was not only for you but for your entire family. What the transition was coming to the United States, opportunity, whatever struggles and everything. I mean, it's going to be really cool for people to hear. I don't think people understand that side of uh, of life sometimes. Yeah, um, you know, and I was I was lucky because you know I, mean, I grew up in New York all my life, so I don't I don't really know. Um, anything different than that but you know for like my parents and hearing uh their story and you know my um my dad came probably about he was traveling back and forth about 10 years before my mom i uh, was able to come and um yeah when we first got here we didn't you know we didn't have any family members i think my dad had a cousin who uh we were staying in um in their bedroom uh, in like a i think a two-bedroom apartment and uh yeah my dad uh, <clears throat> my dad drove a cab uh because it was the only job that was uh gave him flexibility in case um, my mom needed anything you know um if he was working a regular nine to five that would have been impossible um so decided to drive a cab and um yeah you know they they definitely sacrificed a lot you know um for 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 my sister myself and uh obviously super super grateful but um you know it's it's it, it we had everything we needed you know middle class family but you know there are obviously a lot of things we wanted um as kids and as a family uh that didn't get the luxury to have but um we did have a good sense of uh community and family so um you know those are just wants and not necessities so 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, then yeah, it transitions into, you know, New York and shoot, I've been in New York one time, three days uh, in New York. And my goodness, I, I always <laughs> say like, I think I could have fell, ate shit, blood everywhere and people would have just walked around me. Uh, it was like, <laughs> that was nuts. As soon as I got out of the train station, it was just honking, uh, Uber, cab drivers wanting to fight. And I was like, well, I guess we're here. <laughs> like, what was that like, man? Uh, like, what at what ages what was the New York uh, time take place? Um, so, like you said, I was born in the Dominican, but um, my mom and I came over when I was one. So, uh, like I said, I all my life I grew up in New York, and um, I, honestly, like growing up in New York, uh, I always, I always thought that I was never going to move out. Um, I just I love the city. Um, I mean, what isn't there to love? You know, you get everything uh, within an arm's reach, uh, whether it's food, whether it's whatever commodity you want, whether it's shopping. I mean, you, you name it. Um, yeah. They have everything there. And um, we, where I grew up at, uh, it was a predominantly uh, Hispanic community, community anyway. So, um, you know, everyone, there was a sense of community and um, there was familiarity for like my my parents who um, didn't speak English very well. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I loved going to Vanderbilt. My first couple of years was an adjustment, you know, so. <laughs> I'd say. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely leaving gives you a different perspective of what life can be outside of New York. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm that person that always says never say never, but it would have to be too perfect for me to move back to New York. You know, you, you, get <laughs> living, you just get used to living a slower pace of life, and um, you live in a you live in a beautiful place too. Yeah, you know, uh, Nashville's great, and you, know, you don't like to talk much. You don't, <laughs> you don't like to talk much. Perfect segue right there, man. You're you're a natural at this. You. <laughs> no, no. Where you're at now, Nashville, um, loving it. You, you went to college. You mentioned Vandy. You went to college there. Now you're living there. Uh, wife, kids, sneakers, what, what you got? In, uh, how's, how's living? Man, I'm all over the place. Any knows. Yeah, so uh, decided to stay in Nashville after school. Uh, obviously, for the convenience of, of working out at Vandy, um, you know, I'd say 90% of the guys who end up getting drafted uh, at a Vanderbilt end up training at Vandy um, alongside with other guys who didn't even go to Vanderbilt. You guys um, have lockers, right? Is I was that just going to say things? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Coach Corbin, he, um, he's a pretty special guy, you know. Um, him along with some other head coaches are, are firm believers in that you got to – pay respect to the guys that came before you too. So um, at least that's how, that's what he told us, you know? Um, and, uh, but it shows, you know, he, he wants us around. I, I remember when I was there as a player, um, I loved seeing the pro guys working out with us and or being around and, and just kind of sharing that same energy with them. And uh, that was really Probably cool. pushes you to work harder too. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and the cool thing was that, there's a chance that you get to see these guys after you leave, you know, you leave, you, leave, yeah. you get drafted and then you run into these guys that were kind of just very influential 
your freshman year, sophomore year, you know? So, um, again, um, it's that degree of accountability, you know, that, that you don't want so-and-so to think that you're the weak link, you know? And so being, being part of that program and then leaving also feels good to come back and, and work out there and, and uh, just, just get treated uh, in such a special way. And um, Coach Corbin is by far the, you know, the best at it. <laughs> to be I've, I've, I've always heard great things about Coach Corbin. He's got an unbelievable program there. Um, but was Vanderbilt the was baseball the sole reason why you went to Vanderbilt, or was there some academics, you know, decisions within that that was part of the reason you went there? Um, yeah, I mean, it's so when I was in high school or growing up, uh, you know, you, you dream of playing in the big leagues, and you had guys like Griffey, who I obviously idolized, and you know, Griffey was a high school kid. He he got drafted out of high school, and and that's what I wanted to do. I, I, I thought that to get to that level of, of, of success in baseball, you had to sign out of high school. So I was dead set on wanting to sign out of high school, um, but that also came because of a lack of, of knowledge of, of, um, of, of what it meant to go to college, um, what life could possibly be like as a 18 year old in short season or whatever, you know, <laughs> one of those low, low levels. And um, every a, episode that finds a way to sneak on there, by the way, short season. <laughs> well, yeah. People don't get what that's yeah, like. Yeah. It's crazy. I and, love it. You know, so um, as I got older, I was, I was um, able to become more educated on that and, and, and be able to make a better decision. But um yeah, it was just a, a lack of uh, you know I'm 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 the first one of my family to to like go to a place like Vanderbilt, you know, and and um, I had a cousin who had graduated from college, but that was it, you know. And she was she's about ten years older than I am, so talks of college they happened in our family, but it was like, well, you got to go to college. No one knew exactly what it meant, what it entailed, yeah, you know, and. Uh, it was almost like a fairy tale, you know. And so, um, so then at, when I was uh, playing summer ball, uh, we had a pretty good relationship with uh, Coach Corbin because some of the guys, uh, Nick Cristiani, who I played with in, in summer ball, was going to Vanderbilt. And um, uh, a guy that was already playing here was on our summer team because the, the age allowed it. Um, they, uh, Coach Corbin would, be at some of our games um and i got to talk to him and um you know he present he presented um a pretty good package of what it meant to go to Vanderbilt as an athlete and as a, a student and school was always very important to to me and my family um if i didn't get the grades i wasn't going to be able to play um whether it was the school enforcing it or my dad or my mom, you know? So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was always of the highest importance. And, um, and I always, I've always known that, you know, baseball is, it's got a, a lifespan, you know, um, at some point um, you're going to have to retire or the game will retire you and what next. So, you know, why not kill two birds with one stone, you know, go to a, a, 
super legit D1 program and then have uh, something in your back pocket that you can fall back to with, with a degree from a place like Vanderbilt. So it was just kind of just like the perfect storm and also coming in was the right fit for me. Yeah, that's what, so rad. What was your focus if, if baseball didn't work out? What, what was your major? What, what was that fallback plan at the time? So at school, I, I was majoring in econ and, and minor in Spanish. And, um, you know, to be honest, there wasn't much thought of if this doesn't work, you know, what am I going to do? It was, it was more of, well, um, you know, I, I'm working for this goal and, and I'm hoping to get drafted. Um, and it was more like, well, if I don't get drafted, then I'll figure it out. I'll, you know, I have another year of school, and, and that's going to help me kind of seek my path, you know. Because um, I think that, I mean, it's hard now, especially at, at that age. It's kind of hard to kind of pick a path for yourself, I think, you know, like and kind of see what's out there for you. And Especially uh, at that age, you're still, I mean, as you're focusing on it, baseball is still so big too. Yeah. yeah, so you know, I was gonna rely on on school and 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 kind of networking, you know, that senior year and and kind of just take it from there. You know, I as as much as I like to be prepared, I'm also a person who tries to to be realistic and, and not be too um, stuck on the on the fine details. You know, and and some things just have to come to you, and uh, some things obviously you have to work for, but. Um, yeah, that was kind of my, my thought process with, with that. And, uh, but, but again, to be honest, it, it was, you know, the focus was on, on, on baseball and obviously uh, academics, but we had a lot of, I had a lot of help <laughs> in that department. I, I needed it. <laughs> well, shoot, that package must have been pretty good. Uh, Coach Corbin presenting you turned down near a million dollars uh, out of high school to attend Vanderbilt and Boy, it uh, it paid off. Drafted out of high school, turned it down. Go to Vandy for three years. Your freshman year, turn in All American season, freshman of the year. Every award you can win, uh, absolutely tear it up. Set single season records, home runs, uh, walks. Also, I thought that was impressive when I was looking that up. Uh, led all D one with fifty seven walks uh, and home uh, a single season record in home runs. That's uh, that's pretty cool. You don't see that often. Uh, no. Kind of talk about that, man. I mean, you you already pretty highly regarded coming out of high school, but to kind of uh, live up to those expectations and not let the moment get too big. What was what was that kind of like moving into college? Um, well, to talk about uh, we mentioned uh, turning out that money out of high school. Um, so my friend Danny knows here. We're both pretty big on on principles. When I was so I had gotten drafted by the Red Sox um, in the supplemental round. And um, I, I mean, I legitimately told my dad, I was like, hey, you tell me what to do and I'll, I'll do it. Should, should I go to school or should And he sent me aside and told me, he's like, listen, you know, at this point on, you're a man because you're 18. You know, you're still obviously my son, but uh, you're a man. And, um, you know, this is a decision you're going to have to make. Just know that whatever decision you make, it's going to be tough. If you go to school, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to work your, your butt off. And, and if you sign, it's going to be hard and you have to work your, your butt off. Regardless, we'll be here for support. But, you know, and um, I don't know, something was telling me that the professional route at that time just, it, it didn't feel right. Uh, and I'm a big gut guy. Um, you know, but then, you know, then I found out that, um, 
you know, certain uh, things were said that were uh, believed to, you know, my dad was a cab driver. My mom, stay-at-home mom. And, again, we didn't have much money. So I think it was believed that I would have just taken whatever or whatever was, was decent, you know? Yeah. And I, the one thing that was ingrained in, in, in my head was, you, you know, you have to get what you're worth at least what you think you're worth. And um, I, I didn't think that was the case at the time and neither did they, I guess. You know? and so that for me kind of made it easy. Um, I kind of got a taste of what uh, professional baseball was like back then. And um, again, to be honest, it, it kind of made the decision a little easier. You know, you know, we can't both be on the same page in something that's, what I think should be pretty, um, it's, it's a given, right? Like you, I, sh- I should value, who, you know, who you are and, and vice versa. So you have, you have a worth and they weren't valuing that worth. Exactly. I mean, you got, you got to taste at 17, 18 years old, what the business was like, even without getting into the business, just based on your first negotiations of saying, okay, well, my worth is more than this. And they're going, no, I mean, we've, we on this podcast have talked about this before about organizations or scouts or whoever trying to cut your worth. And rather than paying what guys are worth, they want to get you for pennies on the dollar. And you obviously made the right decision to go to college. Um, and I want to touch on just for a second when he was, you talk about all of his accolades and college and everything else out of all the guys that I had seen play or played with through high school, college, and I'd already been at Long Beach by the time him and I played together on the USA team. We were playing Cuba when we were in Amsterdam. You remember when we were playing Cuba? Mm-hmm. And that left-handed pitcher was talking shit to you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I already like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pedro, I swear to God, so the fastest hands I've ever seen in an amateur player. I'm not even kidding. I've never seen a bat so or hands get to the ball <laughs> into the zone that fast. Um, watching – and there's no disrespect. Like, I mean, I, I love I loved Tulo. I love Longoria, the guys I grew up in my college, you know, watching. But I still had not seen hands and bat speed like this. And Pedro hit a ball off the top of the wall and got a single a ball that probably could have been a triple. He was talking shit the entire time the first day. <laughs> well, to my, to my defense. The guy was oh, you, don't, you don't have to defend anything. I love it. You're only responding. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Well, shoot, I wanted to save that for later, but let's talk about right now. How fun was that Team USA? I was – I mean, oh. just in general, how cool is that experience? Some of the best players around. Oh. You guys can – I mean, you guys did it together. If you guys can we, talk about that. We should, we should call Ryan Flaherty for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that was – that was such an amazing experience. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to to play the year before, um, actually for Coach Corbin, and um, that was obviously very neat too. And just just to be able to play on on, on that you know that team representing uh, our country, and then having such different teammates two different years, and just you know getting along so well. And I mean. The stories we, we have, <laughs> we can go on for days, and, and the characters that were on that team. Um, yeah. it, it's just cool to see, you know, you have such a, a respect for these guys, and, 
and you know it's it's almost like they don't seem real, right? Like like you watch Danny playing, you know, out on the West Coast, and you just see a name and stats, or, or maybe even video, because that wasn't big back then when we were playing. You, yeah, you couldn't see other people's. Uh, There's no games. Instagram or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, to put to put an actual face to, to the name and then get to know these people on a, on a personal level was, was pretty yeah. cool. And I found out that most guys are goofballs and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that was cool, but to get to travel the world, um, get no money, uh, get fed, you know, everywhere and, and go to these really cool places. It's just, you know, that's, that to me makes going to college, obviously just, just worth it, you know? Um, like who gets to say that they got to go to Cuba and and to go to the to the Netherlands and and, and all these places, you know? So um, that that was uh, it's it's one of those things that I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's so cool. Yeah, uh, I mean that was that was an unbelievable experience to be able to go to to be able to go to um, Amsterdam and then be able to go to Brazil. Um, I mean, those are places that if it weren't for baseball, if it weren't for having yeah. gone to college, we would have never gone to. So I credit a lot of my life experience because of baseball, because it took me places and got to meet people I never would have had I not gone to college or played and, baseball. And I tell people all the time, too, how, like, you know, when you when you start a tournament and, and they're doing all the country's national anthems and you're standing there, and, you know, when, when it's our turn, everyone's booing us. You know, and, and yeah, it's kind of cool though to like, you know, you kind of look at your teammates. It fires you up a little bit. You, oh, yeah, yeah, man, it really does. And it gives yeah. you that sense of pride for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and you know, it's probably the closest thing to like playing college ball. You know, where everyone has that common goal and and yeah. playing towards something. But that was like a, a, a different. I mean. Level. When when you when you talk about that, because we were in Brazil for the Pan Am Games, and we walked into a full Olympic style introduction around the track of the biggest soccer stadium they have that held what a hundred thousand people, or more. I mean that oh stadium was unbelievable. They're announcing every country, and first of all, when we showed up, we're on buses. They start shaking our buses. One of <laughs> one of our pitchers, Jake. <laughs> Jake Thompson gets punched in the face. No way. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And then and then we walk into the stadium and everyone's cheering for all the different countries and they announce the USA, the entire stadium booed us. Wow. I kind of love that actually. Yeah. Like, like that is crazy. Did you guys just straight route everyone or was it even who who was it, who was the like who'd you beat in the championship or for the gold? Uh, we got silver that year. We lost yeah. to Cuba. Okay. That was before all those guys came over from Cuba and made it to the big leagues. That's who we played against. <laughs> you know who was supposed to be on that team that he had already left was Chapman. Yeah. Wow. I was just really? gonna ask who. Uh, you know remember? who was. You know who was on the Cuba team in Netherlands was. Um, For real. Yeah, but I think Suspedes was playing center field too. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think so. Real was was uh, in obviously in Cuba when I went the year before too. And, I just remember hearing about this guy. I think he played third in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember wow. hearing about this guy, and I was like, what's he still doing here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, well, he's comfortable. He wants to stay here. And then fast forward, I don't know how many years later, uh, yeah. here, you know? So 
again, really cool to like be able to witness something like that and so right, know, yeah. play against some of these guys. I spent like 20 minutes just, I got caught up just looking at all the rosters. It's unbelievable how many guys have panned out that played on Team USA. You know what I mean? At whatever age it was. Uh, at some point or another, it was pretty so wild. many first, so many first rounders, so many, so yeah, many guys. I think the the year before there was seven first round pitchers. Wow, that's crazy. Price, yeah. Arietta, everybody. Jeez, it was it was ridiculous, man. Some yeah. talent. Well, you took those talents uh, from Vandy to uh, your junior year, where you get drafted second overall in '08 by Pittsburgh. Um, just like Danny, you you work your way quickly uh, through the minor league system. Uh, I think at one point you led the entire organization in home runs and RBIs uh, through a year. Um, just torched it again and then make your, your debut in 2010. Uh, we asked Brandon Laird this question, just a, a little tidbit here. Do you remember who your, your first career hit was off of? Um, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, didn't think you'd have to think now, huh? I don't remember mine either. Yeah. You don't? Hey, when you have so many of them, why remember the first one, right? Uh, well, I, I don't have many. I'm a career 230 hitter. I didn't have a bunch. <laughs> I actually just thought about this the other day, too, and I had to look it up. Yeah. I have it here. It, was, it wasn't a common name, that's why. It wasn't at all. I had, I, I had a Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I'll let you off the hook. Uh, it was David Huff. Oh, David Huff. Yeah. RBI double. Oh, yeah. RBI double against Cleveland yeah. back in uh, 2010. David Huff, UCLA guy, right? Thank you. I don't know. Uh, how many? Ten at-bats or something like that? My first hit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, you're good at this, man. So that's what I was going to ask is, so you had sort of a slow start at Vandy in the fall. Uh, I actually read something that the team voted to not have you start. Is that true? Yes, bro. Yeah, I was clickbaiting me, dude. Someone like this. I saw one. I'm like, well, I don't I have no hey, idea. I it's true. Voting, I would, I yeah, would. I was like, he obviously <laughs> proved that wrong. Um, but it, it mentioned you had a slow start then and then kind of a slow start to your major. Uh, man, I, I struggled bad in, in college. Uh, that fall, I think I got two hits the whole fall. And – you know, I was facing guys like Price. And yeah. We're notoriously good for pitching um, at, at Mandy. And so one time, it was like the middle of the – it was midterms in, in the fall. And, <laughs> I mean, I think I had three finals that day. Pretty sure I had flunked all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I get to the field. I'm telling you, it's, school is a struggle. I needed every bit of tutoring possible. Uh, I get to the field. We got inner squad. I'm facing Price, strikeout twice. Then I face this other kid uh, named Cody Kroll, lefty. Uh, strike me out another time. So it's three strikeouts, three fail finals. <laughs> and I get, I get Triple to crown, my room. Baby. Triple Dude, crown. I get to my room, and I was like, this is the one time I said this to myself. I was like, shit, maybe I made the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I just, at that point, I was like, well, you know what? Are you here? What are you going to yeah. do? Just uh, yeah. best foot forward, keep going, and 
Is that oh. what you did? I mean, was there and in, in your major league too, if you want to even kind of incorporate the two, but kind of just how did you finally get acclimated to being on the big league stage and just realizing, hey, here's your shot? Yeah, so so I would say the 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 biggest difference the difference between in college and and professionally was so in, in college I just kind of told myself, All right, you know, strap your boots, you work hard, keep working, keep working, you're gonna get it. Um, and uh, that kind of was the case here. And then in the big leagues, um, it was almost like I was a little too smart for my own good. Um, you know, I'm. I, I like watching film. I like, I'm a, I'm a uh, I love hitting in a cage. Uh, Danny can, to a fault. Uh, he's, he's the same. He's I'm the, the same, same way. Um, what I realized, and it wasn't until probably 2012, what I was trying to do is, so I would watch all these guys. I would watch uh, Adrian Gonzalez. I would watch Big Poppy. I would watch Prince Fielder. And I would see what they did, and, and I would watch their film, and I would, you know, try to take the best of their abilities and kind of see how I can apply it to myself, and and you know, get really frustrated when things wouldn't work out, and, and just tr- obsessed with fixing things. You know, if I'm watching film, and ten, you know, I'm watching ten swings, and two swings are shitty, I'm trying oh. to fix those two swings. Wow. You know, that's the worst. man. I'm trying to fix those two swings, and thank goodness, uh, Derek Lee, uh, which was the one thing that uh, in Pittsburgh uh, we we got a couple of, of of veterans that came along that were able to help us. I wish we had some more um, because we had to do a lot of figuring out on our own. Um, but you know, AJ was great for the pitchers and. Um, Great teammate, uh, but you know he took those pictures under his wing, you know. And, and uh, but Derek Lee, he's in the video room, and I'm in there, and he's like, "What you watching?" Oh, you know, I got this. I think I need to do this. He goes, "Hey, don't watch negative film. Don't watch things that instead of watching the things that you need to fix, watch the things that you did well, and just tell yourself, do that again, do that again." And it made sense because, you know, it, it, it's the amount of anxiety that I got watching these, uh, these pieces of film that I needed to fix and work on. Well, I would watch that. Let's say it was after a game. I, I wasn't going to the cage. I was going home. Probably going to be thinking about that. Hey, when I get to the cage tomorrow, I got to do this. And, and it just it – brought, it brought some unnecessary anxiety. And um, – to go back to comparing, not comparing myself to players, but just kind of dropping my game a little bit to, to theirs and, and, and seeing what they did. Um, it wasn't until about 2012 that I kind of just sat there and I, and I realized that a lot of these guys may have some things in common and, and, and some things that are different. Um, but there was one, like there's one universal thing or two things that they all share. One was that they all had, pretty much 10 years plus of experience in big leagues that I didn't have. And two, that they all were different. You know, like Adrian hit different than the poppy and and vice versa, you know. So um, once I understood that um, 
you can admire some of the things that they did and, and you can you can take some of their little things. You still have to have your own identity and at the end of the day you just have to play. You can't you can't be in their level. You can't think the way they think because you you haven't been through you haven't been in their shoes. And and so once I gave myself a chance to actually learn from my own experiences, I was uh, better able to um, just get a better feel as to what actually I needed and, and what I needed to, to work on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so um, easy. Obviously, you and I both did it. It's so easy when all that film crap came out and you could take it home on your iPad after the game on the plane trip and watch your terrible at-bats. <laughs> watch the negativity over and over and going, what am I doing wrong? And you sit there and go, what is going on? Why am I doing this? And you pull up a side-by-side, like you were saying, of another swing, and then you just go down this hole and you just get deeper and deeper and every sure, day. Sure, just builds into your subconscious, Oh, too. God, everything. Yeah. Like you said, you could take a 1,000 great swings, and on a 1,001, if you didn't hit it perfect, the only swing you remember is that one bad one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's awful, but perfection, oh, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a baseball player. It's <laughs> a curse because you know you want that kind of dedication, but there isn't yeah. there isn't such a thing as being perfect. So we paused the first half of the interview right there with Pedro Alvarez. Uh, just so cool to hear his story, um, being born in the Dominican Republic, and then you know getting to hear about his days in New York City and just the sacrifice his family had to make to get, you know, him to get where he is now. And just a lot of cool points made. I know you guys have a couple to touch on, but for a guy just found a way to thrive in whatever situation he was in, whether it was sports, academics, just trying to do whatever he could do best. Uh, If you guys want to uh, touch on a couple of points. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought that it was really cool that he opened up and talked about his family being from the Dominican Republic and moving here and that he moved here at one years old. So he says he's, you know, kind of a born native New Yorker, but um, to hear the story of his dad driving taxis and he did that for the family so he could be available at any point for his mom to help her rather than taking a nine to five and to work hard and be able to, to, you know, and still a work ethic in his children, obviously, obviously they saw what their dad did because he's telling the story still. And um, to be able to, to take care of the family and have education be something that was so important to their family that they, you know, whether he said whether it was my coach or whether it was mom and dad telling me the only way you can play is if you get good grades. Um, it was just a, it was a great story to hear that his family come from another country and did so much. And his family gave he and his sibling um, – an opportunity to be successful in life. Yeah, and and like you said, the importance of education. Uh, him getting drafted out of high school, million dollars. I mean, that million dollars could have done his family <laughs> a lot of good. Yeah, especially you know being that young. But understanding his value at that young age is, I think, just a testament of the type of guy and the work ethic, like you said, that he had in himself and trust in himself and and understanding going to. I mean he could have done a lot worse going to Vandy, you know, like yeah. at school uh, alone on baseball, but then education on top of it. 
I mean, he, it, it was cool to, to hear him understand and see that, you know, the MLB front offices could start playing games and, and that cat mouse game and, and knowing, all right, well, if this is the way it is, I'm valued at X and I'm going to get there and I'm going to prove all these guys that I'm, yep. I'm worth it. I think that's awesome. And yeah, I, it was super cool just to hear him tell the story and, and kind of reflect back on that. And boy, did he uh, prove him wrong. We won over the accolades and my goodness, there's, there's not many people with a better resume through college than, than Pedro. That's for sure. And it started as a freshman right away, freshman, all as all American as a freshman, just unbelievable stuff. And it was cool to see. So uh, in the second half of the interview, uh, he talks a lot about um, his pro career getting drafted once again, uh, this time by the pirates and then just kind of where things have gone from there. So we'll send it to the back half of the interview uh, with former major league all-star Pedro Alvarez. Well, you, you talk about carrying some momentum um, from, you know, veteran experience, showing you the ropes, showing you what it takes, uh, figuring yourself out in 12. And boy, you made it count in 2013. We mentioned uh, in the intro, you're a, a National League All-Star, uh, made the team in 2013. And, and that was a monster year for a year for yourself, uh, as mentioned, the All-Star, but also the, the National League third baseman, Silver Slugger. Uh, National League home run title hit 36 at the lead in the National League. And you guys also as a team went to the playoffs. Uh, we'll kind of get into that. But how was that 2013 season where were you kind of just itching to get into it and it, it just kind of clicked or kind of walk us through that all-star year? Um, well, it, it kind of started in 2012. Um, so the year before uh, we were in Cleveland and I think I was hitting like – a buck 40, maybe something like that. <laughs> just struggling, struggling, but you know, putting in the work and heading to my <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, know what, don't know what we're working on, but we're working. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it was like the first time I like legitimately like hit like rock bottom or like I felt like I hit rock bottom. And, um, I also remember, uh, so, uh, Joe McEwing was the third base coach for uh, Salem in, in high A. And I grew up watching him when he played for the Mets and, you know, just shooting the shit. I was like, Joe, big fan of yours. What you got for me? Like, give me a piece of advice. And uh, comes back the next inning. And, you know, he, he told me, he's like, have a routine. You know, have a routine. Uh, have something that whether you're going – Good or bad, it just keeps you on track. You know that the, the, the good work that you're putting in is, is going to put you in a better spot. It's not, it's not going to make you succeed because there's a lot of variables, but it's going to put you in a good frame of mind. And, comfort zone. Yeah, and I've heard that a thousand times. But for whatever reason, that thousand and one time, it just kind of clicked. You know, like, you know, just trust the process. Don't worry about the results. And I, I kind of took it to heart after that. And, um, so fast forward 2012, I'm, I'm hearing things like I'm going to get sent down again and all this stuff. And finally, I was just like, screw it. Fuck it. You know, like, excuse yeah. me. Like, no, uh, go for it. Loud. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, fuck it. It, I, it honestly can't get any worse than this. If I get sent down, 
And I had I had gotten I was I played a couple couple months uh, in in AAA the year before because I was hurt, and um, so I was like, the worst that can happen is you go down there, you play well, you come back up. I mean, or or whatever, you know. And I kind of just like let go a little bit, and I, I know it's gonna sound cliche, but that day I hit two home runs, and the next day. Uh, which one of them was off of Baldo Jimenez, which I was like, my ego was like, (laughs) (laughs) just, you know, that guy was just ridiculous. Um, And next day, two more. And then the following day, another one. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, what just, what just happened? Like whatever I just did, like, I gotta, I gotta, that's another thing. Like if things are going well, you can't, like try to find what it is that you're doing. You just have to like just let keep it happen. Doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just told myself, like, all right, like I just, I basically, my back was against the wall, and I felt like it couldn't get any worse. And somehow, that gave me that liberty to just go out there and play. And so I just told myself, like, I gotta learn how to like tap into that without actually getting to rock bottom. You know, like find a way <laughs> where like in in your gut you have that feeling where it's like, what else are you going to do? And I'm sure that's going to work. And, you know, the rest of the season, I end up hitting 30 that year in 12 and um, I think like 80-some RBIs. I was asked to do it again. See, it's not a fluke. <laughs> you know how I go, Danny. And so then, you know, 13, again, started slow. And as the years went on, my, my cold stints in the beginning of the year were getting shorter. Um, but I then I take off in 13, and from the time I, I, I took off, I just kept it throughout September and, and the playoffs. And 13 was a very special year because it, it – if well, first of all, on that big league team, there were seven of us that played – together starting in high A. So to have wow. that kind That's of a cool, cool uh, connection, group of core, core guys on a, on a big league team, you know, Danny, that doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. They either trade the prospects <laughs> or you come up and do too well and a team that doesn't want to spend money and they get rid of the big league guys. It just doesn't happen. Exactly. So, you know, we, it, it was just cool that, that we've had the same trajectory and, you know, if not, if I even include the guys that I played in AAA, you know, about 10 guys that we've played together at some point in my leagues, it felt like it was, like, our team. And, you know, it was our wins and it was our losses and it was, you know, our success. And, um, <clears throat> you know, aside, you know, the the personal accolades, they're all great, obviously, playing in the All-Star game, being in the Home Run Derby, but not only that, but like playing it in my hometown was—it was ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Um, Left but, that part out. Sorry. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but but having the success that we did as a team, what what that meant for that organization and that city—they hadn't—they hadn't been to a, a playoff game in 23 years. And of course, that's the year that they introduced the wild card game. So it's like yeah. now we have to play well, but we have to play one more game. You yeah. know, just add the dramatics to it. Well, you guys, uh, you 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 beat Cincinnati in that game. Um, 
But going back to that 94 wins, I mean, you mentioned you guys played together for so long, but is that something maybe at a particular point in the year you guys kind of looked at each other and was like, wow, we can, we can actually do like play, you know what I mean? Or is that something you guys just expected? Uh, I know you want to like say yes, but uh, there's got to be a moment that you guys realize you have something special going to win 94 games, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I can speak for all of us. Um, but you know, then you never, you never go on the field, not think that you can't win. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever met a player that can honestly say, like, obviously you can be realistic about the build, the, the build about the team and, and how it might be a long shot. But at the end of the day, you, you still expect to win, you know? And um, we were, I guess you call us underdogs and people didn't think that we were going to do as well, but you know, there's, there's 30 teams, like how many, how many teams can actually be a shoe in to, you know? So yeah. we always just went out there with, with, with uh, the mentality that um, we just had to compete. You know, uh, we did, we weren't a team that were going to clobber another team with, with 10 runs, but we knew we had the pitching. So um, that confidence on the mound and, and, and we took a lot of pride in defense. Uh, we knew that we, if we got the timely hits, our pitching was definitely going to hold us up and, and our defense could, could hold our own. And, um, but it, it was never one of those instances where it was like, Oh, Hey, we got something going on. Let's keep never going. surprised yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it feels good winning. Yeah. So every time let's we want, it's nice to play music after we win. It's nice to dance like idiots. We win and, but it, it was just special, again, in the sense that it's, it was like it was our team. We were so young and uh, with, with, the, with the right mix of, of some veterans. Uh, it was just a really, really cool experience. And then finally you get to the, to the wild card game, uh, which is funny. So we were playing Cincinnati the series before that, and it was a four-game set. And we wow. – we, a lot of looks. We, we played three games, beat, beat them three games, and then here comes the fourth game, and you're like, obviously we want to win. But it's like, has the team ever beat a team five times in a row? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's yeah. the chances can't be that great. So it's like, but we end up with sweeping them the four games, and then obviously we win the uh, – Five in a row. Holy yeah, cow. The wild card. But that was – dude, that was the craziest – yeah, I've ever been a part of that what, that blackout game. I was gonna say they blacked it out, and holy cow! Yeah, it was, and I think it started as like I think Kutch was kind of messing around, like let's all wear black, and it's just caught on Twitter, and it was. I remember being in my uh, parents' hotel room before the game, uh, well before the game, and uh, there was like a family, since uh, Red's family, going will call to get some tickets. And the hotel was right next to the stadium. So there was just a, a mob of people, mob of people in black shirts, and then, like, four red shirts just kind of <laughs> walked around. And they kind of, like, built, like, a circle around them. It, it kind of looked like a little video game. And, but these people were, like, you know, saying all kinds of things to them. And I was, it was – you know what it was? It was, it was a football – Crowd, almost yeah. a little atmosphere because yeah. the Steelers, you know, yeah, um, at a right across the street. 
Yeah, that's so cool. It, it was, dude. It was like to this day, I still get like goosebumps. On that's so rad. So, so I got some real quick. You, you keep bringing up how special that year was, and you know all your accolades through college, through uh, up to this point in in professional baseball. What's your What's your favorite? What's your most memorable moment? What's your favorite part that you've been a part of in your baseball career? Oof. Um... I don't know, man. That's a that's a tough one. A degree? What's up? Do you have a degree from Vandy? Not yet. Okay, Not yet. I was gonna say that's shit. That's a big one. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's tough school, man. Uh, well, that's one of the things that um, I'm sure we'll touch up later. But um, you know, yeah. one of the things I have to think about now, um, being you know a year and a half out of uh, on the team, my scholarship uh, carried over. Yeah. Oh, spring, so yeah, uh, I'm not on, on the team um, by the spring. I have to start that, so that's something you know. I'm kind of there you go. About. But uh, I mean, favorite moments because you tie. I mean, you guys talk about the the USA teams and how much fun that was. I can imagine that's probably up there. Just <laughs> as far as the experience that you gained, the relationship maybe you the and, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, it doesn't even have to be on the field for sure. Like off the field stuff too. I, I'm just curious because there's a lot of Danny. You can chime in on this too. Like, <laughs> I I can remember one in Amsterdam having a beer and uh, that DJ opening the door. <laughs> <laughs> DJ opening the door um, to the bar, the bar we were in, whole team was in there, and our coach walks by, like, as the door opens up, <laughs> and the DJ yells, the Team US of A is in the house. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. He ripped us up the next wow. day. <laughs> that's like a movie. Yeah. Like, that's something you can't even script out. The ski hunt. Those yeah. <laughs> Ski classic, of course. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's so so many moments like that. And, um, honestly, too many to even name. But um, obviously, one for me is my first uh, walk off. In, it was it happened Ooh. to be 2010, uh, my rookie year. So. Um, and the cool part too was it was a three-run home run, and we needed three runs, you know. So oh, that's sweet. awesome! Huge deal, and um, yeah, that's probably that was probably one of the very few times where you know you run the bases and you don't feel the bases, and um, just really, 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 really cool uh, moment. You know, we won some big games at Vanderbilt. I remember actually one involves our friend Flash. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> we were playing, we were playing BC. Boston, and he ends up hitting a walk off. But like, so like, he runs the bases. <laughs> he runs the bases. He probably didn't even know. He runs the bases, and he gets the home plate, and he's like jumping, and, and we're like jumping with him. But he's like kind of looking at us, and we're like, <laughs> he's not like saying anything. And we're like, no, flash. He's like. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I'll fucking just enjoy it. <laughs> but that's 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 flashing in that shit. He's good dad. Um, good player. Uh, like just all over the place. But yeah, just I like I liked winning. I liked winning a lot. You know, and and uh, 
Um, yeah, just just a lot a lot of good. But walk off was one of them. Obviously, the home run derby was really cool, super nerve wracking. Who threw to you? This guy uh, who he, he used to be one of the coaches for the Pittsburgh organization, uh, Rudy Pena. Uh, Shout out, Rudy. Yeah, because I always dad. I always freak out on like no one thinks about the pitcher. No. Like, dude, that guy in front of forty thousand people just has to drop dimes in there. Like, come on. Yeah. And there's no, there's no else. There's no uh, uh, turtle. No, yeah, yeah the hitting cage. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 weird. All eyes, all eyes was, are on you. It was you like for 100 sure. degrees too, so it was like cramping. Oh. I mean, it was it was bad, but it was once I got to settle down. I I wish that I wasn't so. And I talked to Danny about this. Like I wish I wasn't so, like laser focused. Um, when I, especially at that time, because I was so. You know, I gotta be here at a certain time. I gotta, I gotta get here early because of this. I gotta concentrate on this. Hard to I didn't enjoy. really, not that I didn't get to enjoy it, but I didn't really get to spend much time with my family. Take it, um, like you know, we. I think the day we got in, uh, we got a slice of pizza because it was open late, and then like we didn't get to go to dinner, uh, you know, because you had the home run derby and that. That was till like almost midnight. And then the next day we had the All-Star game, and then the next day we bounced. So, um, you know, more of a whirlwind. is always 2020, but, um, again, right. super, super amazing experience. And, again, just it was that same feeling of, like, the team USA where you got to be teammates with these guys. And it's, it's between the lines, but there's, there's just, they're just playing. And, and you get to know these guys on a personal level. And, um, just really cool to see. It's almost like you get to see them as just humans and, and regular people, and um, yeah. uh, always really cool. That's I mean, awesome. it's, it's the cool thing. I, I mean, that I think people don't understand, and it's kudos to to you, obviously, is that there's a lot of guys that play in the big leagues for. I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, but ten to fifteen years in the big leagues, there's a good amount of guys that don't sniff an all star game, like. People, I don't think people understand, like, all-star game to be chosen for one all-star game. I don't care if it's one or a hundred. One all-star game is unbelievable because this the, it's the top of the top. I mean, it's the, it's the Team USA, I guess you want to say, of the best players in the world. Not the best players just in your country. That's literally the best players in the world. They're coming from everywhere. Yeah. So you to make a team like that, it's just so unbelievable. I've heard about so many guys. Oh, they've never made an all-star team. They've been 12 years in the big leagues. I mean, so to have an all-star game under your belt is just the almost the biggest accomplishment outside of the Hall of Fame to, for for a Major League Baseball player, I feel like. And, and we'll put the icing on the cake for me was, uh, if, you know, if you've ever played with me, I I want guys to remember me as a good teammate. You know, and then obviously someone who gave it, they're all um, on the field. But, um, you know, my my vote wasn't a fan vote. It was the players who voted for me. Um, so that, oh, that's, that's me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Really cool Hell yeah. That, you know, uh, these guys thought of me in this way. And um, just, again, just really, 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 really just need experience. You think that you think that comes full circle coming from Vandy and kind of how Vandy kind of instills that that mindset and and work effort into 
getting there, you know, like with the pros coming back and kind of instilling that work hard, relay that relationship, build that foundation. Cause you know, you could be there one day. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, Vanderbilt has been so instrumental for me. Coach Corbin has been so influential in um, just my upbringing from, you know, early adulthood to, to, uh, to now. Um, you know, it's just simple things like, um, well, not so simple, but, you know, we would practice how to stand for the national anthem. And, you know, some people might think it's a little ill or, or a little, you know, maybe ridiculous, but it's just, it just shows attention to detail, you know, and and it's, it's discipline, but that someone's always watching, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of have to carry yourself in that way. You, you know, you're, not, you're representing a lot more than just yourself. Um, now, every time I step out that door, um, I'm representing, you know, Alvarez, my family. I'm representing my, my wife, my daughter, um, Coach Corbin, Vanderbilt as, as a program. So um, he instill, instills that, if you didn't have it already, but that sense of pride in you. And um, just that that level, high level of accountability. Um, that's 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 truly probably the word that you hear most common here is just accountability. Uh, don't be don't be that guy, right? Like don't be don't be because of you. Don't don't have everything else fail. Don't be the weak link, you know. And so it you know leaving. It, it, something to be said about the program when you know when you leave here. I remember when I when I got drafted and and we would go started workouts in, in in Pittsburgh and I would see the word like conditioning in the practice sheet at the end of practice and I'm like shit conditioning right like <laughs> I remember the conditioning we did here at Vandy where you ran stadiums you did this you did all this stuff and then you go and you run eight eight sprints from home to second base. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is a warm-up for what? No, that's your conditioning. And I was, like, shocked. And it's just that that, that level of, of preparedness that you got at Vanderbilt. Like you, they prepared you for the worst. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, just, just that and in combination with, with uh, leaning on each other and, and counting on, on one another. Because, uh, you know, on paper, Vanderbilt wasn't – we, my sophomore year, we were number one for, I think, like 14. How many weeks are in college? Like 17 weeks or something like that? Good for question. 14 out of like this 15, 17 weeks or whatever. Wow. We were number one in the country, and we think we won, it was like 32 come from behind wins that year. Uh, which you can't, you can't tell me that that's not indicative of a team with team chemistry, you know? And, yeah. And um, – so every day was someone different, and that doesn't happen unless you have a team that's all in. Buys into it, yeah. yeah. And so that's that's always that's been uh, ingrained in, in in my mentality and, and just how I go about my business with, with playing this game. I mean, that's that's kudos to to Coach Corbin for obviously getting his players to buy into to the process and to 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 what he was preaching. Um, but for the you know to have the right players at that at that school 
to buy in. And probably I'm sure those guys that you had to change their minds on some of this stuff, you know, not all of them were a hundred percent in until, you know, you had to get their minds changed. But uh, I just wanted to make a quick note that, you know, coach Weathers for me is my favorite coach. Love coach Weathers. Him and I are still really close. Awesome guy. But I love Coach Corbin even more now after you told me that you guys went and practiced national anthem. I mean, that is. Yeah. But, you know, I think of it now, and I think of when we played together or against each other and how you stood. You always stood feet together, arm behind your back, hand over the heart, very, very representative, you know, respectful of the United States. And that, and people, people, I, when I think about it, it's awesome. People email him all the time, just just uh, veterans. Hey, I saw so and so in in this game in Double A or whatever. Uh, I really appreciate what you know how these guys stand for the anthem. And, That's awesome. Uh, you know all these things, and and again, it's just paying paying respects to to things, you know, to everything, to everyone. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, he Coach Corbin will talk to a five year old the same way he talks to a fifty year old. It's the same same amount of respect and and, and same uh, attention and um, you know we all saw that. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Well, we talked a little bit uh, about you living in Nashville now, um, but your wife and yourself uh, married for decently long time now. I think ten plus years. Yeah, ten maybe ten years next year. You guys really, uh, really are the baseball family, though. True baseball family. Uh, you're the son-in-law of long baseball named Pat Murphy. Um, just kind of talk about that connection, and, and I'm sure even when you came home, did you ever have to hear it a little bit from from your <laughs> wife? Or she knows the game, if I had to guess, right? Yeah, she does. She does. Um, which which was actually kind of cool because you know, the guy. I wasn't one of those guys that I took games home with me, <laughs> frustrated. But I did like talking baseball to to Kelly, and um, you know, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was cool. Like sometimes she would she would have questions about, hey, why did so and so do this, or you know, why was this move made versus this? And so so that was you know that's cool. And, yeah. Um, and then Murph, man, Murph, <clears throat> Murph is a trip, dude. <laughs> yeah, man, he's um, honestly he's probably he is he is the best guy to have in your corner. Uh, this dude knows so much about baseball. He's got, you know, his life story is crazy too from being uh, head coach in Notre Dame as young as he was. And, and he basically just went in there and was like, you need to hire me because of X, Y, and Z. And, you know, just, just you know, betting on yourself. You want to talk about a person who bets on himself? Like that guy bets on himself and – um, you know, he was just uh, always there when I needed a different, like, point of view on maybe some of the things that were going on, whether it was on the field or off the field, um, involving, you know, baseball. And, um, yeah, he he, uh, he didn't do too much of the intimidating thing. Um, wow. Uh, there, was one, there was one story. It was, it was my sophomore year we were playing it. Sophomore, yeah, sophomore year we were playing at uh, Minute Maid Park, and we we're playing ASU. <laughs> and um, I was like three for three or something like that, or maybe two for two, and I end up hitting a double. the The situation presented itself where uh, he probably sh- maybe could have walked me, intentionally walked me, and but he didn't. <laughs> end up hitting, end up hitting a double off the left field wall at Minute Maid, and. 
calls timeout and goes to take out the pitcher. They're in the third base dugout. So, you know, he's got no business being around second base <laughs> after he takes out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm hovering around second base talking to, to some of the guys. And so he takes out the pitcher and he walks around by me and he goes, son, you better respect me. I do good. And he goes, no, but for real, you better respect me. I could have walked you there. And, and I was like, all right, bro. Got you. <laughs> and, you know, kind of tried to, like, size me up a little bit. Um, but now that I know him, I mean, it was all an act. It was all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that um, is awesome. But no, really, again, really, he's the person you want in your corner. Yeah, he seems like a great, great coach. I, I never got to play for him, but playing against him seemed like a great coach. I mean, he's super creative on how like he got guys to play. Yeah, um, he he was man when he was managing um, uh, in San Diego. It was, I think it was the uh, the low A team. No, the rookie ball. I want to say it was rookie ball. He just like like he couldn't. He, guys couldn't didn't stand for the anthem properly or were late, and like he made a game out of it and. and Next thing you know, the whole team is out there. And next thing you know, these, these guys are winning games. And, and he just finds ways to keep guys engaged. Um, you know, that's the one thing. You know, him and Coach Corbin uh, are, are both similar in this way. And, and I wish that it was a little bit more like this in, in, in professional baseball. But they get to know each guy individually. And they find out what, you know, what ticks them off. They find out what motivates them. They find out yep. how to talk to these guys. And, you know, that's that's what makes them so good is that they can have a personal relationship yep. with the individual as opposed to just the team. Yep. Um, and that's been one of my – that's you know, that's probably one of my, my bigger things about – and it's not, it's not just baseball. I'm sure it's like that in every, um, in every sport. But, you know, if, if – if uh, front office and players and, you know, coaches, obviously they get to know their guys, but um, if you just get to know the guys as individuals and, and, and find out what gets them going or, or, or just what lights a fire in their belly, it, it, it'll, it'll create a better environment, a better team, but also just better communication between players and, and, and said parties, you know? So, um, yeah, that's 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 uh, Coach Merv's uh, special ability. It's just his ability to just know people and and know them in and out. Yeah, that's cool. Well, before we let you go, Pedro, we hyped up sneakerheads. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to get the sneakerheads on the uh, connected by seams bandwagon okay. here. Uh, what do you got? Is there anything we can see? You have anything right there? Uh, or? I got a couple things here. So let's see. I, I have a. I have a I have yeah, wait. How bad is this problem? How many are we talking? What do we? What do we got here? Uh, there's no count. Okay. Uh, all, right. All, right. all right. All right. But okay, so these I got made for the All Star game. Sweet. And so it's kind of bright. And so you know, uh, Mets uh, colorways since it was in New York and yep. those two colors. Um. But so I was going to wear these um, on the field, but uh, Nike wasn't going to let me. 
So it actually ended up being <clears throat> even better because I just ended up uh, getting them signed by both teams. So oh hell, oh, that's good. Yeah, their signatures. Once, once the once the uh, National League and once the American League, it's um. That's wow, sick. those are bitching. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, guys. Sweet. Get you right there, Mariano. Sorry about it. Oh. Sorry about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. Those are really special to me. I got a guy uh, named uh, Mosh. Uh, customized them uh, back in 13. Yeah. And then, um, always been a Nike uh, guy. Yeah. 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 Jordan. Exactly with, with Jordan. Baseball Nike, but growing up, Jordan Nike. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little too brand loyal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are probably the first shoe that like I hunted for. Like basically, I just sought after. A couple years, um, looking for these. Uh, but these are. Uh, oh, those are pretty. It's Air Jordan Five. And these were given to. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Oh boy. <clears throat> these were given to his uh, motorsport team. Oh. Uh, when he, when he, yeah, when he had the MotoGP team. Yeah, and so um, I don't know. They they said there's probably like 50 pairs of those in existence or whatever. The number changes every every couple of years. Uh, <laughs> Regardless, you have a pair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy those cow! Are first, those are the first that like that. It's the first you like paid some money for, and and then give, right. us one, give us give us one more good one. These 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 are. These are my, these are my babies. Ooh. Oof! Are those signed by Jordan? Yeah, those have a signature too. Oh man! My goodness! Game worn from Barcelona. Oh. oh! It's got the nine on the back. Yeah. So, uh, autographed, authenticated. Oh wow! Warm uh, in the Olympics in uh, Barcelona. So. Oh, that's sick! Wow, we. Back I have a like a suitcase with a handcuff. Like I was just gonna ask, <laughs> do you, you got a safe just for those? <laughs> Holy cow! Those, those, those will be it, man. Yeah, but that is so cool. <laughs> well, there you go, everyone. Head to YouTube, check this out. Those are unbelievable, man. Thank yeah. you so much, Pedro. Thank not only for showing us the sneakers. Uh, but giving us your time, man, we we really really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome you, story, man. man. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thanks, with us, Pedro. Man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, All we'll right. be in yeah. contact, man. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks, bro. Thanks. What an awesome chat with Pedro Alvarez. Uh, we get to kind of hear it come full circle. We get to hear, you know, in the first half, kind of how the struggles began, but he was able to work himself out of the struggles to kind of begin to find himself. And then that 2013 season comes around and he absolutely kind of catches fire and everything clicks, becomes an all-star, um, had to kind of work his way for it. But sure enough, um, he kind of prevails and gets to a platform that he wants. Uh, it was also just cool just to kind of talk to him on a more personal level and get that out of him uh, and kind of hear how those changes began for him. Yeah, I mean, I got to experience it firsthand when he talked about going through the struggles, and I can relate to going back and watching the video or taking 500 swings and taking one wrong one and just focusing on the bad one and just over and over. And I can remember we were being young, you know, we were young in 2010, 11, 12, 13. And I mean, in my mind, like I, I said in the interview, 
I had never seen hands that fast, never seen bat speed like that. I mean, that was like, I had never seen a whippy bat like that. And, um, I saw him struggle. Like he said, he got sent down in 2012 for a little bit. And I'd see his batting stance change and this change. And in my mind, I'm like, man, this guy's such an unbelievable hitter. What the hell is going on? Like, I want him to just pick his stance from college, take it. He rips the ball. He's got lightning quick hands. You know, in my mind, not knowing, like, are they trying to change him? What's going on? What's happening? But to see it come around and he talks about, okay, I had to get a routine. And a million people have always said to us, find a routine, trust it. Doesn't mean you're going to go three for three. Doesn't mean you're going to get a hit. But it at least gives you the self-confidence that you've done what you need to do to prepare. And it clicks for him finally. You know, he said the thousand and one time that I hear it. (laughs) And um, then to watch his success from across the field and watch him have that success in 2013, become an all-star, win a silver slugger. And like he said, the coolest thing probably about his selection to the all-star team is that the players voted him in. The Right. And and, and like it, like you were saying to the, the routine and like he was saying, but baseballs are such a creature of habit. And so yeah. like it, it makes a hundred percent total sense that, yeah, why wouldn't you have a routine? And once you get out of that routine, your whole day and your whole mindset gets thrown off. So I think that's, I, he kept bringing it and alluding to his, his time at Vandy and uh, his coaches you know, discipline and ingraining that into their, into their baseball life, their, their work ethic on the field, but listening to him say the national anthem and as, as detailed as that, like, yeah, I mean, it's, there's obviously it's very clear and evident why he was so perfectionist on his swing and why he was looking at all those things. And, I just think that was a, a really cool part of his everyday life that he still carries through today and just that culture and being at that, that level and really why going to school was so important to him. And it just, it helps back that up. But what I wanted to touch on when you were saying the all-star game, you hear it from a lot of people where or a lot of players will come out here and there and say that the all-star game is such a, it's more of a nuisance almost, but not the honor, but the, the actual all-star game and the festivities. Correct. And to hear him say it, I mean, I, I don't know him personally like you do. And I don't know a lot of the players that talk about it, but to hear him say it, it kind of just makes sense. And, and I feel bad for him in that sense where it's like, dude, I wish you would be able to take that in because watching it on video is not going to be the same as, you know, reflecting right. back on that. Um, but it was just – it was interesting to hear him to, to hear him talk about that. Nonetheless, he gets to say he was an all-star in oh, baseball, and that's so freaking rad. Like you said, Stop. Danny, I mean, not, pe- not a lot of people – really, not a lot of people get to do that. You know what no. I mean? There's only so many spots every year. You know the same freaking 10 guys are going to go every year. So there's only a handful of guys to join those, the, yep. the crew that goes every season. And, and to be one of those and to do it in your hometown is, is so cool. And he was just so soft-spoken, easygoing. I mean, he told us before we even started he doesn't like to talk much. And I think by the end of this, this is going to be the longest freaking interview we have. Yes. Um, and, and I think I uh, don't want to you know, ruin anything, but this, this could maybe be 
uh, the first of a couple of trips for for Pedro on the podcast. I know could I help? I'm hoping. Um, that that conversation could have went on for so much longer. He let us in on on so many things, you know, and just really opened up and and let us get to know a side of him that I hope maybe not a lot of people didn't know before. Uh, and to close it out with his shoe collection, I mean, no. unbelievable game worn MJs. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like we ended that and we all looked at like, how the hell do you get your mitts on one of the, like a pair of those? Like yeah, you know, game. Like, to do that kind of stuff is really cool and for him to, you know, and share that stuff and Dude, his all-star awesome shoes, guy. Though. No, his all-star shoes. All signed signed yeah, by every time. single guy. Oh man. That's I love awesome. that he points out Mariano too. Like, all right, oh, all right, right. we get it. Yeah, Mariano. <laughs> that's like that's like I know as a player, that's like a key signature. Even as a player, you try to get like. Oh, I bet that's one you got to get. But that to have the the ones that he got made for the All Star game to have the ones that Jordan wears in in, in the Olympics, game worn oh. in the Olympics. Yeah. And then he pulls out the turquoise ones that are like only for his MotoGP team that used to. I don't, are they still active? I don't even know if that if that MotoGP team was still around. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I so would, they don't even produce anything like that anymore. That was a very what do you say, fifty pairs? Yeah, yeah. You got one, cheese. Yeah. That's pretty sick. So all you sneakerheads, I, I hope you like that because that's a little insight to stuff probably. 99% of you aren't going to touch. Yeah, I didn't even want to try play-by-play of the shoes because I couldn't even give them credit, honestly. So you just got to go and check it out. These these yeah. episodes are all on YouTube. Um, but seriously, check those things out. That was awesome. Um, but just in final conclusion, it was just a super, super cool conversation uh, with him. I'm happy he uh, took the time to join us, and that was a lot of fun. So. Um, Agreed. We look forward to uh, our next one. That's already seven in the books. Bam, done. Episode seven. Um, reminder: find us on Instagram, CBS underscore podcast, Twitter at CBS Pods. Uh, mentioned uh, YouTube. Just search "Connected by Seams." All past and this episode included will be on there. Uh, also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. <clears throat> Five stars um all that stuff uh go ahead and let us know what you guys think and if there's something you guys want added or done differently to the show maybe we'll consider it we'll see uh, let us know <laughs> but no seriously let us know uh we love the support so far and and would love more so go ahead and subscribe to uh, all of our pages and uh that's it fellas that's a wrap on episode seven danny garrett seth catch y'all on the flip side next week episode 8 see ya peace